Good day to all the listeners. Welcome to the New Life Behavior podcast series. My name is Oscar and I'm a volunteer instructor for New Life Behavior. Now, New Life Behavior is presented worldwide, many countries and several on the African continent. Now, the New Life Behavior ministry or series is completely free of charge to all who will benefit from the studying thereof. No request for money will be made and any donations are completely voluntary. The New Life Behavior Ministry courses, the core curriculum, is a comprehensive study to discover a meaningful and personal relationship with God. The curriculum contains 174 lessons divided into 14 courses. The New Life Behavior curriculum is designed to help individuals to be reconciled to God. Reconciliation of Families and Society. It is designed for people in all walks of life. It has been well received by Christians and non-Christians alike. These lessons will cover the following. A sense of self. A sense of family. Parenting matters. True freedom. Christian marriage skills. Christian women. Attitudes and Behaviors, Christians Against Substance Abuse, There's a Family Net Series, The Seeker Bible Study Series, Prisoners of Christ, Managing My Anger, Christians Against Sex Addiction, Managing My Finance. Now all the lessons that will be presented are also available on the New Life Behavior International website and their address would be nlbi.net. We can give you at this stage two email addresses. One email address is 10, the number 10, Winterhook with a capital W, winterhook at gmail.com. So that is 10, capital W, I-N-T-E-R-H-O-E-K at gmail.com and or Chris Burke, C-H-R-I-S-B-U-R-K-E at mweb.co.za. In this way, we say welcome to New Life Behavior Ministries. Hi listeners, Dag Leisteraars, this is Oscar again, and today we're going to move into the second lesson of Sense of Self. Now last time we asked the question, who am I that God is concerned about me? And the question today is, who am I? Who are you? I'm a person of great value. Perhaps I haven't said it before. But I think the motto from the Word of God for New Life Behavior comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. It says, If any person be in Christ, he's a new creature, the new has come, 
and the old has gone. Now, as we've said before, have a look at the, before you start, if you're going to do this lesson, have uh, downloaded it perhaps, think about what describes the value that you think God places on you and me as an individual. You can have a look at the questions at the end, don't answer them now, but first study the lesson. I am of great value. Consider today how you feel about yourself and your worth as a person. You know, in the Word of God, Luke 15 tells us that every person is valuable. It tells us three stories. First of all, the story of the lost coin. And you'll have a look and read that in verses 8 to 10, where it says the following. Suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I found my lost coin. In the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angel of God over one sinner who repents. It was so important that this woman found that coin because my understanding of that is that she needed that coin to complete a set of coins to be married. And perhaps it's the same thing that we, we look in life for that lost coin because that is the coin that will complete our unity with Christ. And what about the lost sheep in verses 4 to 7 of this chapter? It says here, it says that, oh, I just got to find it. Here we go. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. So it shows that the value of one, the value that you have, the value that we all have in the sight of God, and then you can't miss the third parable in this chapter. And I'm just taking one or two verses. In chapter 15 of Luke, it says in verse 23, Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. In verse 32 he says, yeah, But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again and he was lost and is found. We know this as the prodigal son story. And it's a beautiful story that says no matter where this son went, whatever he did, he came back home and in his father's house it was a great, great rejoicing. You see, God loves each of us as if we were his only child. We are valuable because every soul is created in God's image and we've referred to this briefly before but in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 it says God created man 
male and female in his own image. And it says he formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. And it's very interesting to note in the book of Ecclesiastes, the prediker, wonderlijke book, yes, that I did, that helped for us God has said, it says in chapter 3 and verse 11, God has set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. You see, we, are, we realize that being in God's image is not a physical image, <clears throat> excuse me, but it's a spiritual image. And we are much more than a physical body. And we'll touch on this again now. It says in the Word of God, in the book of 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 5, it says, Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. It says, you know, while we are not to become puffed up with our own importance in a, pride, a prideful way, neither are we to consider ourselves to just be cosmic junk. Oog ons leef in a wereld wat die selfbeeld alles is. Maar die Heere vraag net vir ons, kan jy nie voor my aangesig nederig word? I cannot help but go to Psalm 139 today and read it together quickly. O oh Lord, you've searched me. You know me. Sit when I sit, and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in, behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me. I say surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame is not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Where were I to count them? They would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. If only you would slay the wicked, O God, away from you, bloodthirsty men. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? 
and abhor those who rise up against you. I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You know, we are to feel valuable as unique creations of God. In this lesson, we'll learn of God's love for us. He has given us a noble lineage, a spiritual mind, a loving purpose, and a heavy heavenly destination. There are reasons for our great value. One of them is God, God's love, which we found in John 3.16, but also in Romans 5 and verse 18, it says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We have God's image stamped on us. The book of Genesis we refer to tells us that God stamped his image on us. And also it says that it is our spirit through which Christ lives. The writer of Galatians, Paul, said in chapter 2, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me. His stamp is on me. That's what he's saying. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now we really have three parts. We have the body, Genesis. We have the eternity, Ecclesiastes. And then also we have the spirit, the capital S. Now, soul and spirit are used interchangeably. I'll get to a scripture now, now on that. And then we have the spirit, the capital S, spirit. It says, His spirit, when we're in Christ, lives in our inner being. We'll talk about this later. And I think we as Christians, or non-Christians for that matter, are, know that we have a body and we have a soul. And the soul is that infinite dimension. See, it makes sense to people who understand that the body being physical is the most restricted or confined dimension. The soul made up of the intellect, will and emotions is less limited than the body but not limitless. If we have a look at the book of of Thessalonians just to clarify the the concept of the 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 spirit with the small s and the and the soul it says may your whole spirit soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ the third point is that we are free to decide now, unlike animals or birds of the air we are who operate by instincts, we humans operate by thinking, by feeling, and by acting. You see, we are given the right to choose whether we will seek God or flee from Him. He does not force us to come to Him, which is important, but He longs for us. In Matthew 11 verse 28, it says, Come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You will find, in verse 29, rest for your souls. 
He says also in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now we know he doesn't force us to come to him, but as we read in the book of Mark and the book of Luke, it says that there's self-denial involved in this. We need to not see ourselves as greater than Christ, but we need to submit ourselves to him and his will. And perhaps some people are arguing that we don't have a choice, that we pre preordained to be good or bad, and we'll look at that. And it's commonly called predestination, but certainly that is not a truth. You see, you and only you ultimately know how you will think or act. You and only you can do what you will do about God. In the next place we need to realize, as we've said before, we are really unique creations. Psalm 139 spells it out. Go and read it again. It says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And then perhaps the last one here. No, not. The next point, in fact, is that we have a great commission. This applies to new life behavior. That's why we're on the air with you, is to say that we have the good news. The book of 1 Corinthians 15 tells us about the good news. It says the story is that Christ came, that Christ died for us, and that he's provided us with a, a, a gift and a promise that will take us into eternity. And it's called the good news. And if you look at the book of Mark and even Matthew, in their closing comments, they say that we need to go out and preach the good news. We need to help others to become reconciled to Him. And that's what New Life Behavior is trying to do in a simple and honest way. The fact that Jesus has entrusted us with such a great mission and entrusted the apostles earlier with such a great mission means that we are important people. In fact, the book of Second Corinthians speaks about us as being ambassadors. Ambassadors represent a country and so we represent Christ. We are, it says, as if God were making his appeal to us, said in Second Corinthians. Now let's sum up a little bit here and say Jesus knew the following things and things that we can know. Now where did Jesus come from? Well he came from his Father and God. Where did we come from? We came from God's creation. We were given the breath of life. I think one of the biggest fears in life today is if you stop breathing. And we read clearly that God gives us the breath of life, which shows our absolute dependence on Him. And where would Jesus go? Well, He went back to the Father, we know. And where will we go? Well, we'll go to heaven. We'll go to the mansion spoken about in John chapter 14. What power did he have? Well, he had power from God. I can quote all the scriptures in John, but not to impress you, this is what it says. It says, but we have power from above. And Paul was the one who could say in Philippians 4 and verse 13, I can do all things through Christ to strengthen me. But I just want to say this, that, that wasn't, that's not an automatic. 
Paul is a man who had enormous struggles, enormous challenges in, in spreading the word of God and really at, towards the end of his writings, amidst all of the struggles, he said, whatever my circumstances, he says, I can do all things through Christ. Now to conclude today, God is concerned about everyone. There's no doubt about that. And he's not wanting anybody. He says in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. I don't quote all the scriptures to you, but I'm just giving you where it's found. He says here, he is patient with you. He's patient with me, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And also he said to us in Romans chapter 1 verse 16 that the gospel is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. You see, God's concern is personified in his son in John 3.16 and he laid down his life for us. Now perhaps I didn't start today with a prayer which I intended, but let's close with a prayer. Father, thank you for the wonderful power of your word. Thank you today, Father, that we can speak to anybody and tell them that they are people of great value to you, Father. And we feel that way as we speak to each other today, that you and I are people of great value. We need to know that. We need to acknowledge that. We need to embrace that, Father, but we need to embrace it in a way that we need to come to you, Father, to have value and to show, Father, that in creation we are created not for yesterday, not for today, but we are created, Father, to go into eternity and to take others with us as well. Bless us, Father, as we try to do this in Christ's name. Amen. Now, just a few little easy tips. First of all, each lesson is going to ask you to note a few personal thoughts about the question that is asked. And then read the questions at the end of the lesson, but do not attempt to answer them. Then study or read the lesson. Then answer the questions and then give yourself the opportunity to write some personal reflections. And you are more than welcome to send your answers and questions to 10, the number 10, winterook at gmail.com at mweb.co.za.